I know you're wondering, what about this amazing series that Pastor Jake has been just killing it on? What about this series? Well, two things. One, my message is going to go with this series. But two, um, he's going to come back and preach next week on the same last topic, which is what? Anyone know? Covenant keep. Who answered that? Come See, Sarah, if, if I had a gift card right now, I would so bless you. Isn't that worse than not giving you a gift card? Like letting you know if I had one? Because now you're like, dang, like I want a gift card. So, okay. So, um, but yeah, stay, stay tuned for that. Come Sunday, watch online, my online family. Sunday, we're going to pick back up on covenant keeping. Um, man, it's been a great series. My wife has been challenged to be a better wife. You know? No. It's all me. Trust me. It's definitely me who needs to be the better husband. So absolutely. So we're going to definitely do that. But my, my message, pastor said I could preach on whatever I wanted. And I was like a kid in a candy store. Okay. Or like my wife or like when my wife lets me go hang out with the boys, you know what I mean? I was just like, what, really? I could do that. So I, man, I just said, you know what, God, what is it? What, what do you have for our people here at River of Life Church? What, what do you want to speak about? And, and we, we came up with the title too busy. Um, anyone here just too busy? Like life, life is here, okay? And one more task, Pastor Lupe, and I'm gonna be drowning in things to do, right? Or maybe you're not that there, but you're like, I could feel it. You know, when you're feeling about to be full, but you still eat, like here, you're like here. In life, that's, that's where I wanna know. That's where I wanna hit on today. How busy are you? Um, there's 24 hours in a day. No surprise there. 168 hours in a week. A typical person may work 40 hours. Okay, hold on, because you may be like, 40 hours? I hit 40 hours on Tuesday. I get that. Okay, we're talking about a typical person, okay? A regular person, Jared, not you, okay? A typical person, like me, Jared, is going to work 40 hours a week, okay? Now in life. But, um, and studies have shown we get around, as an adult, 6.8 hours of sleep a week. I thought that was close to like 7, 8, maybe close to 9. Nope, we get about 7. Um, I get about 6 because we have a baby. Um, so we'll just say seven for, for an average night of sleep, and then we get two days off a week. Again, have grace. A typical person is going to have two days off a week, okay? And so that roughly gives us 79 hours of time that's not spent at work, that's not spent sleeping, 79 hours. And as a youth pastor, I'm just going to say free time. Now, you may be like, this dude is crazy. There's no definition of free time in my life. I don't have that. 79 hours, okay, that we have. So church, I ask, are we being productive or are we busy? Pastor Jake always says, stay productive, not busy. Says that in the office all the time. You can always seem so busy, he says, and never get anything done. Sounds like my daughter. Sounds so busy, never get anything done. Or are you doing a couple of things and staying productive and on task? So this morning, online and in person, if you would lean in with me, open your heart, clear your mind, and just allow God to challenge you in some way today, okay? So the first question, where are we investing our free time? Where are you investing those 79 hours? Where should we invest, maybe the question should be, our 79 hours? Where should we invest that? Great question, Jeremiah. We should... Um, invest those 79 hours like this. So God is our umbrella over all we do, or he should be. So he's the umbrella of my life. Everything stands under that umbrella for me, okay? So God's our umbrella, so my wife is first. 
And we learned that from this series. So how much do we invest into our marriages? How much do we invest into our spouses? If I asked you or asked your spouse, hey, how much time does your other spouse, your significant other spend with you, what would they say? I know for a season in my life, my spouse would have said, not enough. Next to none. A lot of you may not know this, but you'll know now. This is my first time full-fledged ministry job. I've been in ministry for seven plus years, but this is the first time that I've got paid to do it full-time. But I've always been under that volunteer title. So when God spoke to me about becoming a pastor at a winter camp, I took the ground running, right? Like a 16-year-old who just got his driver's license, Jeremiah, and you're just like scouring the world, right? Or the dog who uh, you let out to go use the bathroom in the back and you forget to close the back gate and he's gone down the road in the neighbor's house and everywhere. So that's how fast I took off. I said, man, I need to focus on ministry. I'm passionate about it. God called me to this. Hey, love of my life, Rachel, I need to do this. She's like, okay. And I managed to go from a full-time job to a part-time job like that because that made the most sense to me. Um, I know, it wasn't. So this is why marriage series are good for me, okay? And I put my wife in a predicament where she had to carry the weight of our family, the weight of the income on on her life for close to two years because I was so passionate about that. Now, my focus was ministry, but your focus may be something different. Your focus may be work. You may spend an abundance of time at work because there's always something to do at work. If you're leaning, you're cleaning. That's what they used to tell me in the world. If you're leaning, you're cleaning. No, I'm just leaning. Um, if you're leaning, you're cleaning. There's always something to do. So I need to put more, more hours in, more hours in, more hours in. And pretty soon, you're not home for dinner with your spouse. And you're putting 90, 80, 90 hours a, in a week at work. And, or maybe you're um, semi-retired and you're doing nothing but fishing and camping. And I'm jealous of you. And you're just, you're just living life. Whatever that is. For me, it was ministry. I was so passionate about it. I devoted all my free time to that. What is it for you? Let that soak in. Chew on that as we spend time in that today. Where's majority of your free time spent? Second in priorities under the umbrella of God should be our kids. Where do they fit in in that 79 hours? Again, at one time, my kids would say no. Uh, They would have said my dad focused more on ministry than us. I wasn't demonstrating to my kids what a godly husband and father prioritizes most in his life. This one is just as important to me um, as as our kids. Um, They're not more important than my wife, but they're, they're, they're underneath it and they're close because what we do as parents, our kids see that. And if we aren't careful, we will demonstrate to our kids the priorities in our life right now. And that will ultimately impact our grandkids in the future. Second service, you with me? You with me? You hear that? What we do as parents right now will ultimately impact our kids. They will see that, be parents just like that, and then our grandkids are impacted, and so on, and so on. That cycle goes. Come on, I'm preaching to someone. Third would be the kingdom activity. Where does attending church, serving the church, ministering to families, being active in our community, where does that fit in in your 79 hours? Some of you are like, this dude, is, I should have skipped this Wednesday. I mean, this Sunday. 
I should have just been gone. I should have been, I don't know what he's talking about. I have enough time to, to eat, let alone to do all of this. I'm not some pastor just preaching to you. I'm a brother who was sitting in those chairs doing the same thing a lot of you are doing. Sometimes we just have to realign our, our focus meter of what's going on. I was too busy for what mattered the most to God. Fast forward to about almost two years ago, and I looked at my pastor, my boss at the time. Um, it's weird calling pastor's boss, but I mean, Pastor Jake's my boss, but I mean, he's my pastor. You, you vibing with me? You get that? Okay. So I looked at my pastor and I said, hey, uh, man, I got I to gotta get a job, okay? Tired of sleeping on the couch. I'm just kidding. But I do need to get a job, okay? My wife is about to kill me. My priorities are out of whack. I need to do this. He understood. He helped walk me through that on why that's important. And uh, I, I kept asking jobs. I need Sundays and Wednesdays off because I was still passionate about, about youth and about serving God. And, and uh, I said, I need to just do this. So I got a job at Sprint finally when I stepped away from everything. And when I mean I stepped away from everything, I mean I stepped away from everything that had to do with God um, in the church world. I didn't have any kingdom activity happening in my life. Uh, what that did for me was develop a false sense of, of reality and, and stuff where the church didn't need me anymore. I mean, river life is going to f function without me. You know, it's, they don't need me to go and, and serve at the food pantry or, or, or attend on Wednesdays or, or do time to revive. They don't need that from me. They got it. They're good. Pastor Jake is good. Pastor Lupe is good. They're good. And what ended up happening is I started missing some Sundays. Too tired. Worked a lot. Oh, I could take it off now. I don't have to serve on the home team. I don't have to do transition. I'm just going to take the Sunday off. And what happened is that Sunday led to another Sunday, which then led to another Sunday. And then pretty soon you're, you're going to church uh, occasionally. My kids seen that. Uh, my, my kids' youth pastors. I've been their youth pastors since they've been in middle school. And then they started seeing me do that, and they're like, you know what? I don't really want to go to youth. I mean, who's going to be the youth pastor there this week? What's going to happen? I don't really want to. And then they skipped a Wednesday, and then they skipped another Wednesday here, and then one there. And pretty soon, um, I get a call from my pastor, and he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, good. And he's like, do I need to come see you? And I know what he meant by that, okay? Like, you know, when somebody you really look up to is like, man, do I need to come visit you? You know. And I was like, no, 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 it's, I'll be there. I knew what he was already talking about. Hung up the phone, and we got back in, and I got around those mentors in my life um, as they were like, what's going on? And, 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 and I just, I said, man, what am I doing wrong? And uh, they said, you're overcomplicating things. My wife loves spending time with me, obviously, right? I love spending time with my wife. My kids are the funnest kids I could ever be around. I love them. We take them everywhere with us. People gotta beg us not to bring them with on dates because they're just, I love our kids. They're, they're great kids. I've been blessed, truly blessed. And I said, he said, they love being around you. Why not serve God together as a family? Why are you overthinking this? So, you know, I'm here every Sunday, so I know um, how often some of you come, how often some of you participate, how often um, some of us are making church activity a priority just as well as our, our families. I hear the numbers from our women's ministry and our men's ministry. Um, I get to see that. And I just want to say a family who loves God and serves God 
stays together. If you're living in accordance to God being your umbrella, are you, you guys with me still? If we're living in accordance to God being the umbrella over all we do, and you're working on making your spouse one and you're killing that, you do a lot of dates, you're focusing on that, and your kids are number two and you're doing that, then you need to ask yourself, are you and your family active in the kingdom of God? Attending faithfully on Sundays is great. It's what we all should be doing. There's no but that follows that. We should all attend on Sunday mornings. That's important for us. It's important family values that we should be doing it with our kids. But if that's all you do, are you being really kingdom active? Are you really active in the kingdom of God? We should prioritize church. That's very important. But if you're, if you're only doing that, you're missing the mark. Kingdom activity is not just being active on Sundays. It's not even attending a church, but sitting in the lobby or sitting in your car or attending occasionally. Uh, kingdom activity is really being plugged in in your church. It's your kids being plugged in on Wednesday nights. It's you being involved in our women's and men's ministry. Kingdom activity is exactly what Jesus calls us to be. It's exactly what, what I see when I look at the Millers. Apparently, first service, I called the fairy. <laughs> you know, back at, you know, a couple years ago, when you'd call a celebrity couple, you know, Fallon and Jared, fairy. Thanks, Rando, for that, because that's all I'm going to call you guys now. Fairy. Fallon and Jared, okay? That's a family who, who serves God, who strives and, and, and looks to be the example that Jesus has shown us. They attend, um, they attend church on Sundays as a family with their kids. They bring their kids on Wednesday night for next gen, not just youth, but also kids ministry. They serve with Pastor Caleb on Wednesday nights as a married couple. They, they serve God together. Why not the youth? I don't know. I guess I'm not cool enough, but they serve with Pastor Caleb over there. Amongst all of that, they serve their community with time to revive. That happens once a month, correct? Once a month. I'm not saying you need to try to keep up with the Millers. You get the pun there? You don't have to keep up with the Millers or the Joneses. I'm just asking you to really ask yourself, what are you doing? I'm trying to paint a picture of a husband who passionately loves God, who passionately loves his wife. I'm painting a picture of a wife who, who chooses to, to grab her husband's hand and serve God together as they focus on God as their priority. So that way their kids can look at them and go, wow, they put God first. God just happened to use the Millers for me as an example. But there's a lot of people in our church who do the same exact thing. Who are killing it on that mark. So I ask with a, with a grace-filled heart, with a loving heart, with a compassionate heart, what are you doing with your time, church? If you're here and you're only here because you attend on Sundays, you're doing a disservice to your family and to God. God's heart, my heart, Pastor Jake's heart, all of our hearts and desires is that a husband would lead his family the way Christ leads the church. That wives would partner with their husbands hand in hand and start being involved in, in, with their family in church activities because that's exactly what Christ did for us. It's a perfect display to show your kids what matters the most, and that's God. Amen? Hebrews 10, 25 says this, not neglecting to meet together. Someone say meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
This verse specifically disapproves of failure on the part of Christians to meet with other Christians. The Greek term used here is that term you see right there. I don't speak Spanish, so let alone, um, yeah. Okay, so referring to an abandonment or forsaking. The ESV translated this term as neglect, since it implies a failure to do something one ought to be doing. In clear terms, a Christian has an obligation. Someone say obligation. Obligation. You two online, top obligation in the chat. Someone say obligation. obligation. Christians have an obligation to fellowship with other Christians. Thank you. Amen? Amen. You have an obligation. That means you are uh, privy to a job now. You have a job. You have to fellowship with me. It's an obligation that Jesus is giving. I'm a cool guy. At least my youth students think so. Right? No? Okay. <laughs> Christians have the obligation to fellowship with other Christians. This is not necessarily or only to a disciple, but so that way we can meet each other's needs, encourage each other, inspire each other, and inspire other Christians in their walk. Going to a men's breakfast with people who who are far along in their walk with Jesus is inspiring. It's helpful. People, we need to put people in our lives that can walk with us through trial. Fishing is fun. I'm so for. I'm going to do a lot of it this summer. But I don't neglect my brothers in Christ either, though. Because being on the middle of a lake by yourself when you're struggling in your marriage isn't going to help you. Do I need to say that? Come on. You, you get it? But being in a room with other men who, who may have dealt with that or know how to pray for you is going to further that walk with you in Jesus. It's going to help your marriage. You're not doing me a service by being a part of everything. You're doing yourself a service by partnering with people who are like you because you're obligated to fellowship with other Christians. I speak from experience, though, because I was your brother sitting in those chairs doing the exact opposite, focusing on different stuff. If we have kids who attend here on Sundays who are, who are a toddler to a senior in high school, not a senior in life, Okay, but a senior in high school, and they're not involved on Wednesday nights, you're doing a disservice to them. I find it weird that we expect our students, our kids to be on fire, passionate, holy Bible preaching students walking into the bedroom and on their knees praying over a prayer cloth. We expect them to be on fire for Jesus, but only require them to come with us on Sunday. To me, it's common sense. But then again, I was sitting in those seats. I'll preach to myself first. I always will preach to myself first. We need to get them involved in in a community where they can sharpen each other and grow with each other. A youth group right now that we have with an amazing group of spiritual leaders and mentors in their life. Some of the, literally the best leaders I know. A youth group that's, that's amazing and, and some spirit-filled teenagers who value community. You may not see that, but I get to see it on Wednesdays. Our leaders get to see it on Wednesdays. These students hunger for community. Your student hungers for community. You hunger for community. They value that. 
We make our kids do a lot of things in life, but we leave youth group to be an option. We leave church to be an option. This is the generation of our future. This is who you get. We have to teach them and raise them up in the way of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Yes, you have them here on Sundays, and that's great, and they should be here on Sundays. They also also should be um, around people, their peers, who, who they can grow up and relate to and get on their level amongst have fun. You can start playing the music there. Megan, please. Colossians 3.16 says this. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish. I didn't know what admonish meant, so I have to look it up. Let the message of Christ dwell among you you um, richly as you teach and warn or advise one another with all the wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Families and and my single folks that attend on on Sundays, if we aren't attending church regularly, then we're missing the target. I get things come up, and that's not what I'm talking about. You, You know my heart, hopefully. You hear my heart. It's not it. I'm talking about when you don't fill up to it, you're just tired, or life's bogging you down, or you're just so fed up with what's going on, and life has been tough for you, and those are the moments I'm talking about. Or you're coming here and you're sitting in the lobby or in your car. You're just choosing to watch online regularly or whatever that case may be. I mean, you know what it is. God knows what it is. Whatever that is for you. But that's not what Colossians is saying we should be doing. We are a people who are built to do community together. Eve was was made to be a suitable helper for Adam. You are meant to do life together with other people, not in solitation by yourself. Here at the church, uh, we offer a lot of areas for people to be active in church. Where, Where do you fit in in that mix? In youth group, we go over something called the big four. Okay? I preach a a small message, and then what we do is I put uh, the meat of that message in some four big challenging questions that I really want them to to chew on. And they break off into life groups, and then they they dissect those questions, and they go further in their talk, um, in their walk with Jesus amongst their peers. It's crazy, right? We don't just have fun here. We actually grow in our walk with God. I actually partner with parents in helping their students realize their passion and desire for Jesus Christ. That's why it's important that they're around their peers. But we go over this big four and and stuff like that, and I challenge you to do this. My students, I have the best students on the planet. I say that online. I'm glad we're online so that the world can know. I have the best students in student ministry. Thank you, Jesus. So students who support me and sit up front when I preach, I want you to know that you are tasked with the challenge of bringing these big fours, take a picture of it, take your phone out during service. It's the only time you're allowed to take your phone out during service. And take a picture of this when we get to the four so you can go home. And I challenge you parents with this big four that you would sit with your family. If I didn't sit with my kids and ask them how I was as a father in their life currently, I would have never really known how much I was neglecting them um, and prioritizing ministry. So family discussions, the dinner talk, the table talk, that needs to happen regularly. 
So, so here's the first question. Where do we currently invest our free time? Where do we currently invest our free time? I challenge you to write these down. Where do you invest your free time? Spouses first, family second, church activity third. Do you spend all your time running your kids all over for sports? Listen, I love sports, very passionate. I, I try my hardest not to let any of my students win. We're not gonna teach them in life if we let them win, okay? I'm very passionate about sports, okay? Okay, and being humble, I try to, okay? I get it. My son, very passionate about sports. He would play every sport under the sun. He'll play badminton if you let him, okay? But I had to tell him, hey, 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 hey. I, dude, I love your passion. I'm passionate. I love going to your games and almost getting kicked out too. I love it. But we have to prioritize God first in our life. So you may not be able to play every single sport because we still have to be the arms and feet of Jesus. I get it. You, you, you worked crazy amount of time during the year. And, and now in the summer, you want to have some fun and you want to go fishing and you want to go uh, uh, camping and you want to do all that. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm not asking you to do 19,000 different things. I'm, all I'm asking you is where do you invest all your free time? Thank you, Wesley. Where do you invest it? Second question. Where can everyone in your family fellowship with their peers? Ooh, I could throw my microphone off the stage right now. Where do you invest with your peers? Mom and dad, not... <laughs> how, do I, how do I word it? Sometimes you gotta word stuff very correctly as a pastor, very correctly, okay? Pastor Jake's amazing, but he may not be able to relate to your students on a Sunday service. Your students need to relate to their peers. Where do you invest your time with your peers? Are you hanging out with other, other women your age, other men your age? Are you fellowshipping? Are you, what are you doing? How are they invested in that? As Christians, we are, have an obligation to fellowship with one another. So do you and your spouse and your kids fellowship with their peers? As a father, don't, don't you want to take your son up early in the morning and, and, and go to a men's breakfast for an hour, an hour and a half, and show him what it's like to fellowship with other men and then go and fish and then go and hunt and then go and camp? What, what is your son and daughter seeing as a priority in your life? Are you dropping your students off here on Wednesday so they can explain uh, to their youth group what they're struggling with, sin-wise and, and stuff? Let me just hit a little bit. Wednesday, uh, uh, our youth ministry is an amazing youth ministry. It's the best on the planet, and I promise you, it's not because of me. I'm certain it's not because of me. It's because uh, we're putting Jesus first every single Wednesday. We have amazing leaders and we have amazing, amazing students. And these students are allowed and they're coming and they're, they're being open and they're being vulnerable. And we go to our first winter camp and they experience a, a movement with God like no other. Like no other. They, we came back the following Wednesday and we're worshiping. We didn't have no live band that Wednesday we came back. We did testimonies and baptisms. No live band just video lyrics on the screen, and we're up on stage jumping up and down 40-something students. 
Why? Because they're Holy Spirit filled. We baptized 11 students and two leaders that night. Amen. Not because of me, but because of what Jesus is doing through them. Give your student the opportunity to be a part of that. They may not want it right away, I know. But once they meet this cool guy, once they get around some amazing people, they're going to love it. I'm passionate about that. I, I, I know you see that. This cannot be negotiable. Where can everyone in their family fellowship with their peers? Third question. How can you and your family serve the community? Someone say serve. We offer a lot of areas here at the church where you can serve with your family and be the arms and feet of Jesus. So many opportunities. For the first time ever as a, as a youth pastor, I got to take students out uh, last October and we, we did Time to Revive. And we're always challenging students just like we challenge you guys on Sundays, right? Tell people at your work about Jesus, be the arms and feet of Jesus, tell your neighbors about Jesus. It's easy to preach it, right? It's easy to say that. It's easy to soak it in until you're at work. It's easy for me to tell my students to tell their friends about Jesus. That, that opportunity to go out with our students for time to revive so they can share the gospel with me and some of their leaders to a complete stranger for the first time was so impactful because if they can do it to a complete stranger, how easy should it be to do it to their best friend? There's so many areas where we can serve Jesus together as a unit. That's what we should be doing. Fourth question. What areas in your schedule need some trimming? Students, here's where you could take your phone out and take a picture of that so you can go over it with your, with your parents. Parents, I, adults, uh, young adults, I just challenge you to take a picture of this and go over this. Asterisk, do yourself um, justice by doing this. But where in your, um, in your schedule should need some trimming? My mentors told me this. He said, Lupe, what can you give up that you love? for what you love the most. What do you love the most? What's the most passionate thing about, about what you do? What do you love the most? Well, I, I mean, I love God. That's an, that's an obvious. I love my wife. I love uh, my, my kids. And then, I don't know, I love the church. I just love me. So, so then do that together. Let's not overcomplicate things. Let's serve God as a unit. I talked about the Millers because they're excelling and they're killing it. And then they, the last two months, they've been suffering for the Lord in vacations, you know, in the Virgin Islands and stuff like that. Like you can still, so jealous. They came back so tan. It's almost, it's almost a sin to be that tan in December. It just doesn't make sense. But um, they're able to serve the Lord and prioritize God first and still have fun. So what can you start giving up? What tough talks can you have with your kids about saying, hey, what do you love most? Basketball, football, hockey, baseball? What is the most? Because we have to cut back. There's some things that need some trimming up. So how can we do that together as a church? How can we do that as a family? You know, it should be every pastor's heart, and I know it's our heart here at River of Life Church. From Pastor Jake all the way down through us, that when you walk through those doors on Sunday morning, um, that you leave challenged in some way. Church, not, not condemned, 
but challenged. Every single Sunday, you should walk through those doors and say, God, uh, uh, look at my heart, look at my life. What can I change? What needs to be molded? What needs to be shifted to look more like you? How can I do that? I tell our students that every single Wednesday, you come in those doors, you expect change. You're going to camp, expect change. What are some of your expectations? Not condemned, but challenged. We as pastors, we get to bring the word of God. That's a blessing. That's, it's, 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 a, it's a job for sure. It's challenging, but it's a blessing. We bring the word of God every single Sunday and we partner that with the Holy Spirit so he can bring a poking of change in your life. Change not to make us happy as pastors, or, but change to, to further your walk with Jesus, to further the kingdom of Christ. So as we get ready to close here, I, I would love to, love to speak to a couple of people. So, so if we could close, close our eyes, we could bow our heads real quick. I just wanna, I wanna ask some people in our church something. I wanna ask our online audience, uh, you guys as well. If you have never given your life to Jesus, if, if this is a, a new walk for you, you don't know what this looks like. There's a man um, who died for you you may not know him, you may not know uh, his name, but I tell you what, he knows your name. And he knows what you're going through and he loves you passionately. See, Jesus is a man who's not mad at you, but he's madly in love with you. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, if that um, hasn't been on your radar in the past, I would love for you to have that opportunity right now. So with our eyes closed, our heads bowed, just out of, of, of protection, even with online, Father, I just pray right now for that person. If that's you, you can raise your hand. Online, use that online button, use that tool. That's what we have, community of people around. Great, great, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. So we can, um, you can say this prayer with me, right, along with me in your head. I'll just pray us along in that. Thank you for those hands. Father, we thank you so much for the ability to come to you on a Sunday morning and, and know about a son who loves us, know about uh, uh, the way uh, our priorities should be on life, Father. For those who have raised their hand, God, I, I thank you for that call that you've called them to, God, that you've, you've opened the book of life to them, God. So I pray that um, they ask for forgiveness of their sins, Father, that the acceptance of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you have died on the cross for us, that you were risen three days later, God. We accept you to our life. Holy Spirit, have your way in our life. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. And the second group of people, very passionate about this as well, is maybe you've been missing the mark. Maybe you have been too busy. Maybe you've been missing the mark with your family. So I challenge you. I challenge you, church to ask yourself, where could we be doing more? Not another task. Doing the work of Jesus, being the arms and feet of Jesus isn't a chore, it's not a task. It's an opportunity we get. So if that's you, if you've been missing the mark, if you need to realign your life's priorities, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you for that. 
Let's pray over that too. Father, I, I just thank you so much, God, for the Holy Spirit type conviction. God, not condemnation, not for us to feel uh, deeply bad like we failed, God, but, but to say our, our, our compass of life is out of whack. It's, it's out of focus, God. Help us as men and women to prioritize the desires and the needs of Jesus Christ first over ourselves. Help us to be great parents, great leaders to our, to our kids. Help us to, uh, for them to know that we prioritize God, that God's first in our life. God, help us in, in ways that, uh, that we're not seeing yet. Focus our priorities on that, God, whatever that looks like, Jesus. We love you and we honor you, God. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank you for that. That's, that's very important. It's a, good, it's a good first step. It's an important and it's a much needed first step to realize that you've been missing that mark. I can't tell you the joy that comes from watching my son and daughter serve at, with Pastor Caleb on kids ministry on Sunday mornings. I never asked them to do that. They wanted to do that because now they're passionate about the things that I'm passionate about. They're passionate about God first. So single people, this is, this is so important for you as well. Because if you can develop a passion right now, when you get married, it's just gonna be a burning desire for you and your spouse and your kids will only and always only know that. So please, 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 feel challenged and moved in some way today that you will start getting plugged in that you would visit our info hub, that you would visit goriver.org, that you would look deeper into what we are doing so you and your family can partner on that. And then Wednesday nights at 6, 6 p.m., you can drop your, your, your students off. Please, get them plugged in. We love you, we honor you. I, I'm just so thankful that we get to serve at a church that's amazing as you guys.